Hello and welcome to today's Real Talk podcast from Bell & Company, the UK's foremost debt strategist. My name is Terry Bell. We talk to people genuinely in the know who hold strong, passionate views and are out there doing it, not just talking about it. Today, I'm talking to David Buick, MBE. David is a city grandee, a title he didn't agree with, a veteran city commentator. He is an avid tweeter. In our podcast, David talks about the UK and its economy. I hope you enjoy this offering. Stay safe. Good luck. Bye. Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight-talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, Terry Bell here from Bell & Company. This is part of a series of podcasts we're undertaking where we're trying to determine what's going on in the world. We're specialists in SME debt, and uh, we deal in realism, not negativity. We love success, but we're in difficult times. So with that backdrop, we're looking to people that uh, know or have an idea what's going on in the real world, experienced people that have something to offer. Uh, and today, very pleased to have uh, Mr. David Buick, MBE, joining us. Uh, David, you're very welcome. Terry, greetings to you, and how very kind of you to invite me. That's very, uh, just, uh, just a bit about you, David, a bit of Wikipedia and other, other sources here. You're deemed to be a city grandee. Uh, any of these you disagree, please do shout. A veteran city commentator. A TV no. personality? I'm not a city grandee. I'm a commentator. I'm an observer of life. Very I good. have been around for more years than I care to think about, 58 in the city of London. Okay. I've had from merchant banking to money broking to presentational to spread betting to anything financial. And right. it's been a huge privilege to be able to do it. But grandy is much too ridiculous if you know well, I'm still throwing at you. I enjoy enjoy your work, whatever you want to TV personality, you didn't push back on, so we'll move on from that. And I think you're quite ready for reality TV, but we'll leave you as a TV personality. An early bird? because I often see you on the BBC Definitely, there, and I yeah. do uh, various bits and the thing. And, which is, which is I particularly like, the way you do embrace it, you're an avid tweeter. Which yes, is, I am, uh, but I, I find it... Um, I was put onto it by Ian King for the, of the, when he was business editor of The Times. As I was dead against it, I'm not a, a Facebook person. I find it too intrusive. And he said, well, get involved in Twitter. And he said, just act as a receiver because you get your news and information much more quickly than you do from Bloomberg's and Reuters and people like that. Yeah. And he said, you get a response and then you've got a story. Yeah. And I thought, gosh. And he said, where have you been all these years? And I said, well, I've just, you know, it's never really. He said, it's an absolute must. He said, I rarely tweet. Now, I got sucked in, um, but I don't do swearing, I don't do unpleasantness, mm-hmm. and I block people that are involved in that, because yes. I think, actually, it's quite a poisonous form of media. Massively so. Uh, and so I'm extremely, I try and be very careful to be constructive, Terry, if that makes sense to Absolutely. you. I, I was going to add some of the, the, way, the way I think you do it, it's almost like rapier-like. If something to say, in... Say it, retreat, get back out. Gone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I'm late to the party. You're way ahead of me. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll get going here. But first off, David, it'd be remiss if me if I didn't ask. Uh, Wednesday morning, slow start. Well, this Wednesday morning, slow yes, start. After the Tuesday uh, evening. Well, 
Tuesday evening was a tumultuous evening for me. That's the second time in two years that I've virtually bitten my fingernails down to nothing. Um, the last time was at Wembley, um, amongst 40,000 Fulham fans with lots of white and black flags. Uh-huh. And I have to say, the Aston Villa supporters, I'd actually had a knee operation two weeks beforehand, couldn't have found a nicer group of people. Yeah. They saw me down, there were no lifts, who virtually carried me downstairs after the game. And I just thought it was a very special occasion. Not that last Tuesday night was not special, but I'm having a real problem identifying with empty stadiums and empty race courses, very, very empty difficult. test grounds. Very difficult. They don't, doesn't have the atmosphere. I love no, nothing people. at all. I just just so that everybody, everybody knows that David's an avid Fulham fan, and uh, uh, my very loose link with that is uh, Scott Parker. Uh, he... Uh, Obviously, West Ham through and through that I am. Obviously, you've got him for a long period there. You're very welcome to him. And as when we're ready, we'll take him back. So, <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to so, jest, as I may say. Oh, absolutely. So in, in terms of where we are, David, so uh, we're, we're trying to give this backdrop to where we think the economy is. I'm very interested in your thoughts. And we're, we're sort of, uh, there's a little bit where we're trying to do a bit of Mystic Meg. And I know it's very early in, in, the, in the proceedings where we're with the recession pending. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's with your experience, David, I'm sorry, I'm bold to tell everybody that you're 71 years of age, been around the trap a couple of times. Uh, you, it's your experience and where you see this, excuse me, this recession sitting in comparison to other recessions. How, uh, and it's not in a doom-mongering way. It's trying to say, right, where do we think this is going to pan out? I know it's very difficult because we've got the nature of the disease. I think if you go back to the number of things that we've had over the last 50 years, the, the, the worst one for me was funnily enough the miners' strike in 74 when mm-hmm. you couldn't see an end to it. But the reason why it was so difficult then is that there was the level of communication and the newspapers and the transition and transcribing of, of, of news was so slow. And you couldn't see, I mean, I can remember sitting at my desk when the lights went out. We bought this generator, which we couldn't afford. I'd waited for a tiny little broker that I'd set up. But we needed it because the lights went out. And it was, you know, it just couldn't carry on. That was one thing. And then we let's move on to the um, banking crisis, 2008, 2009. Funnily enough, even the huge scale of it, you could always see a way out of it. That was never going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a costly problem. It costs... People forget this. It probably cost mm-hmm. half a million jobs, and an enormous number of people were badly hurt by it. Um, the subprime lending, which was in the United States, the government of the day here, even though I have to say I thought Alistair Darling did an outstanding job. Incredibly, incredibly, yeah, yeah, well. It was really good. But we were slow out of the traps, and Gordon Brown, to blame it on subprime lending, was nonsense. It was the bank balance sheets that were gargantuan in size. It was the lack of attention to credit analysis. Mm-hmm. Lend money to anybody, any old Tom, Dick and Harry, mainly property, with absolutely no credit worthiness taken at all. Supported, I hasten to add, by the Tory opposition, were very happy to have uh, loose regulation or light regulation, they like to call it. And even though Mervyn King and Paul Tucker at the Bank of England did wave these slightly warning flag, hang on guys, these balance sheets are getting a bit big, they were dismissed with a contempt they didn't deserve. And now we move on to today, Terry, and is colossal. I can't see the end of it. Trust me, I'm a real optimist, and I really 
in the future, and I believe in the younger generation. I think they're smart. I think they're clever. And I think they're much brighter than my generation were. And I'm very enthusiastic. But this is basically uh, where I believe the political divide has damaged mm-hmm. progress because yes. we're into the blame game already. And I do think the government has had some pretty average advice medically and scientifically. Mm-hmm. And they've taken it. And I think they've got it wrong. They've done a number of things very badly. But I would like to have seen a unit together trying to come to a a consensus of agreement and deal with it. And that hasn't happened. And I find it deeply depressing. I think Rishi Sunak has come out of this brilliantly. But when you're handing handing the dosh out, everybody loves you. Well, that, 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 that's that's one thing I was going to bring up, David. It's, you know, heaven forbid, and again, we, we, this is in no way negative that if there was any second place, how 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 far can the government go in terms of this fund, uh, the, 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 the funds in raising and in terms of set, set, selling gilts and taking on debt? How how long can that go on? Where I'm different from most people, and I get quite a lot of stick for this, and I'm quite a real optimist, my attitude towards this is rather more draconian, is uh, people of my age, I'm 76, we've had a damn good life, and, you know, the world owes us nothing, and I've got three children and six gorgeous grandchildren, and what I'm seeing at the moment I don't like. Now, it's up to me to take care of myself. Yes. not to impinge and damage my kids or my grandchildren. Yes. And all that data that we look through, that we hear from Hugh and everybody else every day, the only data that interests me, and I'm not a cruel person because 46,000 deaths is unacceptable by any standards, but the average age of people who died is 81. Yes. And if I told you 1,290 people have died from coronavirus not having underlying health problems, maybe that might put it in perspective. Mm -hmm. And I'm not dismissing the danger. I'm not dismissing the fact that COVID-19 is a horrible disease and can really damage people by the healthcare their, their mental state of mind, their bodies, their various parts of their bodies that could be damaged permanently. But the fact remains is that 95% of the country mm-hmm. is healthy. And I beg people to get back to work. School, Absolutely. work, and help the services sector, the restaurants, the bars, the gyms, because they will produce 2 million unemployed. And for people to abrogate responsibility and say, I'm all right, checkmate, I'm at home, I'm fine, and I'm in my tracksuit bottoms, and I'm having a cup of coffee, and I, do you know what, I can't even be bothered to shave. And your mental approach... Absolutely. How much fun that you and I are having a conversation. Absolutely. On, 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 on that, yeah. the, one, the one that concerns me, yeah, you're a 76, I could 71, well done to you, sir. I, I'm, I'm 60 odd. And uh, what concerns me, two things that concern me. One is the, uh, the ability to, to where this is going to go. One, one huge thing, and I think you, you slightly touched on it, on, on almost like the political environment that's out there and the, you know, the, 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 almost like the Twitter hate, one sort of bit of it, is the level of redundancies that unfortunately will come here. Yeah? Plus the ability from our young people, 100% buy into what you're saying there and their ability to create and what they, how brilliant they are, but their ability to deal with bad news that's coming. 
And that with a with a fairly feral, uh, you know, if you look at the states, obviously we're not Mr. Trump here, but if you've got the feral sort of atmosphere there, that, that is a real concern, a real concern. Uh, mental health is very, very high up there, uh, uh, absolutely buy in, but we've got to be very careful here in terms of across the board what we wish for. And at that level of where, where, it just and it's a slight mystique, Meg, getting a bit of a bit out of sync here. With, with nine million people on furlough, four and a half million, I think, are back at work now. Is, is where these redundancies are going to sit because I think that's going to have a huge effect across the economy in every sense. Let me just come in very quickly here. I mean, what you're saying, the figures you've given are accurate, but and I, I think it's sometimes unfair, Terry, to compare apples with pears. Mm. But you know, we've only got thirty-four percent of the work rate back at work. The work yes. France got eighty-three percent. Okay, they're three weeks ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But I'll bet you anything you like that we're nowhere near eighty-three percent in three weeks' time. Absolutely. And we've got to do it. Anything outside of manufacturing. Manufacturing's got to go back, period. Mm. The rest of them, it's all very well people telling me, you know, I'm at home, it's a better quality of life. I'm saving myself 600 quid a year on my travel. I'm doing this. Uh I'm doing that. I'm spending 15 pounds in the local sandwich shop instead of 60 quid a week, whatever. We owe people who help build up this economy of ours a social and a moral commitment. Absolutely. And it's no point me saying, you know what, I used to spend 15 quid a week at print and morship, which I did. And, you know, I'm not bothered now because I actually make quite good sandwiches myself. That's not the point. No, absolutely not. Because we've got two million people certain. I mean, even the Bank of England this morning saying 7.5% unemployment by the end of the year. Hope they're right, Terry. Because yes. I think it'll be a lot worse than that. I think it will be. And what I'm and what I'm not hearing from the government, which is what I really want to hear, my son-in-law, unfortunately, and my son have no income for four months, and they are both incredibly uh, creative people, and I have the greatest respect for them. I have the greatest uh, feeling that their ingenuity will get them work. But I keep telling everybody I meet, young person, just because you've been a plumber all your life, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you think left field because you may not get a job there. And what we're not hearing is training and the opportunities mm-hmm. that people will need to be retrained, whether it's back into technology, whether it's back into some service sector at some point, or whether it's you set up your own plumbing business or become an electrician or whatever it might be, because we're going to have loads of infrastructure products, products if the government is true to its word. But London will not be the fulcrum of life. No. 20 years time, I'm sure I hope not. And that Leeds and Newcastle and Manchester and Bristol and all these places, Southampton will be just as important. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, Please, please, please do something about retraining. Absolutely. Just just picking up that point there and, and a point of instance there, between you saying and owing it to the city. So not, not necessarily cities, back to the places work and the local economies there. So we're in Belfast here. And I'd suggest that outside at the minute, it's almost like a, a busy market town. We're, we're a capital city, 500,000 people in the metropolitan area. But with an office in Leeds, that was where it was most... Uh, 
damning, if you like. The, the, ta- the city is empty. If a busy city, they're trying to cut parking spaces. It's like any major city, really difficult. You can park out any, anywhere you like. You, there's very few cafes. Very, it's, it's the long-term damage that he's doing, back to what you're saying there, and potentially what happened with the medical device. And then on an SME level, what we're finding is, and what we, we've taken a slightly different approach. So if somebody comes to us uh, and they say, right, this is our business, we're, we're starting to struggle. We were struggling a bit before. Luke Johnson wrote an article in the Sunday Times where he wrote about SMEs that had pre-existing conditions to use the vernacular prior to disclosure they were going to fail anyway. But we're looking at it at, uh, so we've had a couple, quite a few gyms, for instance, are coming to us because they're quite a tight financial business model. And what we're saying is, right, okay, we'll deal with the debt issues, right? That We, we can park that up and we can talk to people, see working at well, whilst we're looking at the options. You check the validity of your business in today's world. Can you cut that down? Can that work on 50% of turnover? Uh, we've a, we've a very good successful uh, guys here. We've got a pub group here, and they've done all this, all the analysis down. But it, it's it's the massive unknown. And going back to hundred percent is the wrong phrase. I agree entirely with what you're saying. We don't get back in the office. We don't get back into the work environment. And I think we I think we we I think we and not to not to knock the public service. I think we're going to struggle to get the public service back to where they need to be in terms of getting back to the office. I think it's pretty into. In, no, no, no. So I was just going to say, I'm pretty rich to Boris Johnson, the government, saying get back to work. And the Home Office not showing the slightest intention of doing so. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested that they can do their job as efficiently from home as they can do it from work. It does not interest me at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a classic example, but that's more to my age than anything else, is that I'm working from home. I am desperately keen to get back into the office. My chief executive at Aquas Exchange is very keen that everybody gets back to work. Mm-hmm. The moment with my age, because my wife is vulnerable, I can get a vaccine. You won't use a puff of white smoke to be leaving this house to get back mm-hmm. to work. It's just fundamental. Mm-hmm. And if you're 40 years of age, I hope you don't contract coronavirus. And if you do, I'm pretty certain you'll recover pretty quickly. Absolutely. And I'm not callous. I'm not callous. No, no. That's what I was saying. So this is what we're trying to do in the podcast. It's sort of cut from the yes, mainstream media. You wouldn't get out of bed. You shouldn't get out of bed if you're going to listen to every part of it and every facet of it. But that's, that comes back to where we're trying to get to them, though. In terms of, in terms of and it's, it's very hard. I, I call it Mystic Meg. But in terms of uh, the, the depth that could be in this recession. So you've got the, the Bank of England there, Mr. Haldane, talking about a V-shaped carry-on uh, recovery and everything else. We're working on the basis it's going to be a swoosh, the Nike tick, if you like. I'm not allowed to say that because of the trade description everything, but the Nike tick. And then there was one yesterday, which, but, but there's the one that's very worried. It's the one that's coming from America and goes back to hopefully not social unrest, but the K, the K model. I don't know if you've seen that. The affluent will go that way, but the poor will go that way. And suddenly you've got the K. And that, 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 that's, a, that's a real fear in terms of where the world is. But we have to try and bring it back to, to the SME. And that's why we're taking that approach uh, with the, um, the, the validity of business versus what's going on out there. And you deal, I'm not saying you don't understand SMEs by any stretch of your, this is why we're trying to talk to you, is, is, the, is the macro level and how that then will manifest itself back down. You quite rightly brought out the, let's try and get people back to work here, guys, because with various economies start, storing a bit of cash wide, four and a half million, possibly 
become a made redundant is not not plan A by any stretch. So one one thing I'd like to go on, Dave, because your your obviously your your strength is as you said as, as a, a particularly city commentator, right? Is I cannot get, I'm a, quite a simple base. I cannot get my head around why the markets are where they are in terms of the FTSE, the Dow Jones, etc. Are they are they seeing it as so? In, in rough terms, obviously there was a drop straight after the COVID came out, and within reason, it's a sort of steady steady improvement. Not, not maybe back to where it was prior, but it's not sort of stayed along the bottom there. What are, what are the markets? What are they thinking, David? And why are they reacting the way they are at the moment? I think the, the first thing that comes to me, um, Terry, is that markets uh, are completely flying in the face of reality and gravity. And I'm completely amazed. But they're a very good friend of mine who should, you should talk to because he's... Uh, 20 years above his age, a guy called Simon French and Pamela Gordon is the economist there, and he's very right. good. And he said, you have to understand that the level of quantitative easing mm-hmm. is unsurpassed at any time in the world. And even the fact now that the United States of America is trying to put together a package of $1.2 trillion mm-hmm on top of what they've already done. The Bank of England has done uh, £475 billion. Uh, What's going on with uh, Madame Lagarde, with the ECB's 1.3 trillion euros, and then you've got Japan and everybody else doing it. Do that. Look at the expectation of recovery that was expected three months ago, which I have said to add, I don't think is going to happen. I don't think we're going to get a V-shaped recovery. Why? Yes. They're not on top of it in the United States, the, the COVID-19. There is far too many outbreaks. Um, the service sector and retail sector, which the retail sector in the United States constitutes 70% of GDP. And if people are not out there spending their debt, no. and they're not That's down the shopping malls, that is a serious reversal. Even though yesterday we saw fantastic what they call purchase managers in index, which were the best we've seen for a considerable period of time mm-hmm. and in this country as well. But it's from, Terry, a very low base. Absolutely. And so it's not, gosh, isn't that wonderful? It's from a manically low base. Yes. And we need to see three, four, five months of that kind of improvement to get us back. And I think if we got back to where we were by 2025, I think we've had a right raw result. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a decent standard of living and a decent quality of life. Putting that into perspective, why do I think markets are where they are? If you actually think what's happened in the last four months, let me give you Apple, Microsoft and um, Amazon are valued at four and a half trillion dollars. Those three companies. Add to that Tesla, add to that Zoom, add to that um, Netflix, Facebook. Those companies, add them all together, they're five times bigger than the whole of the FTSE 100. Yeah. That's where your momentum has come from. Whoosh. Yes. These companies that really thrive from a lockdown. And that's the reason. And if you and the same the world over, it doesn't matter whether it's Sony in Japan or you know, whatever the technological companies are, SML and various 
Infineon, Sat, and those kind of German companies as well. Yes. They fantastic because everybody's saying, whoopee, we're going to work from home. And the mention whether it's chips, software, entertainment, that moment from. And if you look now, that if somebody said to you on the well, the market was a month ahead of the collapse, so on the 12th of February, and the World Trade, sorry, the World Health Organization gave us the pandemic on the 13th of March, while well, we'd already gone south of the market. Uh-huh. The markets went down 30%. And if I'd said to you, David, the NASDAQ will hit all time records, you would have organized two men in a white coat to take me away. Absolutely. That is, that is the insanity that we've... That's, that's what's happened. Going back to your friend, uh, Pamela, and we were talking about the cash in the world, hopefully that is going to give us a bit of a softer landing in that the world would appear to be awash with cash, whether it's where it's channeling out to the right places. But the flip side of that is... Sorry, David. Um, I should have finished, which I didn't. Please forgive me for interrupting you. The cash from quantitative easing has gone to the wrong place. Right. It's stayed in the banks for them to trade. Yes. Yes. And it hasn't gone on to the street where your SMEs are desperate for it. Absolutely. It's already well reached soon actually. Oh, there's a for you. And the bank's saying, well, we're not going to lend that without a guarantee. Right, well, you've got your guarantee. And they're still squeezing the end user. Absolutely. You can't Absolutely. have that. It's just not on. Even with the, the high street boys, with the with the Rishi, because a good friend of mine, that's not Rishi, uh, it's issued uh, the Bibbles approach, the similar approach. The the the, the 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 top big four are struggling to get it out the door, even though it's covered there. And some of the, some of the things we we find in small businesses having to leap through hoops there is just not happening. The uh, flip side of that, David, next week uh, we're having a, a podcast with the chairman of the Gold Council, Mr. David Tate. Uh, oh, yeah. Why would gold? Why would gold be where it is? So you've got the flip side where we think so. Okay, there's a lot of cash washing around, but gold is almost like the reserve, almost like the bellwether, isn't it? In terms of safety and everything else. The three reasons, um, four reasons. First and foremost, it supports uh, all the around for the last twenty five years is from the central banks who hold it. The only one, yes, the Bank of England has sold it for nothing, you know, going back 20 odd years. Yeah. Secondly, it's a fear factor, the flight to quality. Uh, thanks very much for all the advice you've given me on equities. I'm not mm-hmm. buying it, and I'm going to take a certain amount of my portfolio away, and I'm going to buy gold. Why? You've got bonds yielding nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. German, German bonds, 10-year bonds are minus half a percent. So for any bank, individual, wanting to put money with a Bundesbank, and then that goes into the ECB, you have to pay them for the privilege of putting it there. Well, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's not an alternative asset class. You've got the same in France. You've got close to the same thing in Switzerland. <laughs> You've got U.S. Treasury, 10-year Treasury yields, 0.6 of 1%. The government, this UK government, that's one of the reasons why, I don't think this is Rishi Sunak and others have got this across properly enough. Our debt office in the UK, in terms of servicing and raising debt for this country, is second to none in the world. We're really very good at it. Outstanding at it. Really good. Well, at the moment, you can raise money at less than a quarter of 1% for 10 years. My attitude is, if you think there's going to be 2% inflation, even if it's food, in a year's time, fill your boots. Write this debt, because if you've got 
assets that earn you more than a quarter of 1%, yes. you're going you're gonna to be quids in. Mm-hmm. Somebody, at the end of the day, requires somebody to pay for this, but it's not going to be as painful as if you were paying 4, 5, 8%. Mm, yeah, uh, absolutely. You see, my, I mean, just to put a, something on it, my, I paid my mortgage off in 1994. My average charge was 12%. Yes. I went to Warburg's, a friend of mine, who moved on to another small bank, and I was looking to move house in Islington, and I was five grand short. I got nine, I got 25,000 from what was the cooperative uh, building society, and I was five grand, I needed 30,000 to buy this house. He just stood at me. And he said, 22%. And I said, I said, Bob, you're having a laugh. He said, can you see the queue outside? He said, your bonus in the next two years, you'll pay that off. Yeah. So don't give me a hard time. Take the money, get out of here. Get out of and here. he was a good friend, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because the bank of mum and dad's in not the same state that it was. The housing market, I meet state agents every minute of the day saying, oh, mate, Never been so busy. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I and I say to them, really? And I say, how many of you execute? Oh, well, you know, it's only days. It's only been three. Yeah, okay. And I said, when I get in touch with the mortgage company and the bank and they say, Mr. Smith, uh, has you got a job for for life? Yeah. And they say, well, you know, we can't really say that. And then, of course, the deposits go. Uh, on that one, I was going to say, the, the, the property yeah. market, I don't know how much of a correction that there will be. I saw, saw a nationwide yesterday aren't accepting uh, the any help in terms of deposit from the bank of mum and dad. That was, that was just, right. I only saw a snippet of it, but it, it gives that, but it's almost that we, we often come through when, when cycles go on, we've got SMEs trying to raise money and there's that early bit of interest from the lender or perceived interest. And then they get the real slow no. And it's almost like the snow, mo- uh, sorry, the, the slow no uh, process come back into play. I think property and especially my, my concern with property. And again, not on a negative sense is redundancies are going to hit our young people. That's for sure. It's the. It's almost like the. the if, you, if you want at the lower end of the spectrum job requirements, trying to think of a nice way of putting it, they're going to have the. You know, we, especially in London, you know that trying to get on the property ladder is, uh, is ridiculous in London. But it's what it's going to do if it takes out that bottom level even further. That's going to have an effect up the chain of thinking because at some point it's going to slow right down. And again, you don't wish it. And uh, it's when you've got that sort of thing, it's making sure something that you said earlier is making sure that money gets out there that is in the system somehow. And it's, it's, it just it's, hasn't it's, done it, you know, since no. the just since the uh, banking crisis going back to 2009, when the level of quantum uh, easing in here, I think it was about 300 billion, if my memory serves me right. It just went into the banks to fill their boots with equities. Absolutely. And it didn't go out to the high street. Or if it did go out to the high street, it was at such draconian uh, conditions yes. that many people thought, oh, you know, I, I can't be bothered to borrow that sort of thing in this. Absolutely. Uh, well, that, that, that manifests itself in quite a bit, but we're finding it because now you find, obviously, whether it be before, we're called don't engage, don't sort of get out there amongst the, the business communities and get the money out. We've got a lot of the fintechs and the funding platforms that SMEs are having to rely on. 
And that's we keep an eye on that. Obviously, they they have their own sort of situation there, and it makes everything very very complex. And the day you used to go to your bank and have your current personal current account, your credit card, your mortgage, your business overdraft, and your loan to the to the premises, whatever, all in one bank, have gone. Yeah. Suddenly, and it's it's, it's very difficult clients, especially when they get into difficult places, and they start saying, right, I've got a I've got a stocking loan, I've got a working capital loan, I've got a loan here and a loan there, and you've got the We've seen one case where 22 of these were things. <laughs> and it, it, it just, guys, you're not going to get through that. It's, 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 a, it's something you cannot unravel. We, we cut our teeth here in Belfast. That's why we've got a great team here, because obviously I'm not a local man. But we, we were here for the last crash. That's how I sort of stumbled across it. And obviously Ireland took a, took a massive whack in terms of what was going on there. And we cut our teeth sort of there. And it, we, we always go from the end, it gives us no joy to say this, but unfortunately this is going to be a bit of a, this is going to be a real, uh, it's almost like, uh, it's just going to, I feel it's just going to flatline at a certain level at some point for a long time. Prior to this, when you think the amount of money that was out there in one way or a form, that the world wasn't on fire. There were a lot of, and you'll know more than this, a lot of technical financial instruments out there, but not a lot of, uh, not a lot of great growth things. Um, it's, it's, it, I think there's a, there's a, it, it, the, the whole whole economy is there's very trendy phrase minute pivot needs a pivot here. So we quickly get led again back right, from what you said from training, getting back to the training. We, we've got a, it's got a just terrific. So, so fundamental that it, it mm. can't see the nose on the end of your face, and you think that well, you've had this job. It doesn't matter what it is, making widgets and whiz beach, whatever it is, that you're going to make another one down the market. It's just not mm. going to happen, and that's, that's why we need to be more visionary. And people, if they're intelligent and they've done things at whatever their level is, doesn't mean they're not capable of, you know, adapting and changing, Terry, yeah, and finding something that they can do usefully, which they Absolutely. The other thing we've got to be, get very careful of, I know, because, and I, I'm not a great fan of mainstream media, it's just sometimes you just sit there and swear at the telly all evening, but we're not weak. The human being is not a weak person. Uh, they're normal people. They, you know, that being, they are. They, they seem to have some strength. Well, I, I don't know. Some, somehow, I'm a little try not to rant here. Is making sure we do appreciate. I, I hear many people that are under threat from jobs. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do if I've got to go and stack shows. You know, sales professionals, professionals uh, here in Belfast. Uh, there's a, a profession I think across the board in the UK that's going to take a whack here. It's going to be the legal profession. The, these sort of uh, nearly legal factories are set up with full of paralegals and stuff like that. And we're, 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 we're in a position where we're nearly financial undertakers and this is our, our busy period, if you like. A lot yeah. of good people, there are hundreds of people applying for pretty pretty entry-level jobs, yeah. hundreds. And it's, 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 it's whether... And it, going back to what you were saying there about Rishi and um, Boris and everybody else talking about it and the Labour Party to give them the due, infrastructure, infrastructure... Have we got the skilled workforce to do take those roles on? No, you know, we don't, we don't have a practice the, system. That, that, Terry, that's part of the retraining. Yes. People, if I don't care what they did, if they were salesmen at Sainsbury's or whatever it is, or you know, or in John mm-hmm. Lewis or something, if you've got to learn to, you know, how to be a brickie on an estate in Epsom because you're building houses and you're going to get the same sort of wage, get on and do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's easy. I think think that goes back to the... I was talking about the validity of a business and deal with the debt problems. Put your problems where they are. Get on with almost like the validity of your life. What is your, you know, if you are a a legal paralegal, you can always come back to that, but get yourself out and do whatever else you want to do here. 
Uh, no, but I, I, as I say, we are. We are, I think we, as a nation, uh, an island where we are, north, north and south, political stuff, uh, and England and Scotland and Wales, we're, we're stronger than we're made out to be. We have to, we, and I think we, we, we've got a lot of work to do with, uh, particularly our young people. That's not patronising anyway. Our young people here are brilliant. We work very hard. We, we play pretty hard, and uh, but it take it's a continual process. Continual process. It's not a thing that just happens like that. Um, but I, I think I, I think we'll we'll be a, a good country. I would not come back. I was amazed by that statistic, David. You gave us there in terms of America is seventy percent reliant on this uh, retail. Yeah, going back to pivoting. It is absolutely fundamental. You see, everybody thinks of um, the United States of America being. Um, New York, Los Angeles, New Orleans, doesn't matter what it is, Chicago, that's it. It just, that isn't real America. Middle mm-hmm. America is somewhere like Carruthers, Ohio, Ohio, which has got Main Street, it's got a Walmart, it might have a Target, it's got, um, you know, a couple of other shops, it's got a cinema, the rest of it. That's the focal point, and that's mm-hmm. the way the Americans live their lives mm-hmm. and when I found out three years ago and I, I, couldn't, I said what is Warren Buffett doing buying Santa Fe Railway mm-hmm. and he just people were trying to tell me that he's just connecting small time America with the big yeah. time mm-hmm. and you know the prodigious distances that people have to drive every day to go to work which might only be 35 miles or whatever it is but you know if you live in Nevada and you want to go to San Francisco for whatever reason it's a hell of a long drive where it's quite a comfortable train ride it's made a fortune and you know it's just thinking this out and you know when we talk about Black Friday Terry and we talk about these days are so important and Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and all these kind of things as well because everybody gears themselves up I mean Christmas is quite a big deal over in this in the United Kingdom it's a huge deal um, in the United States I mean people spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on their families and things like that so they are geared up to being very generous people and being massively reliant now you can say well you know they can do all this stuff on Amazon that's okay for the suppliers but it it doesn't do anything for society now absolutely I'm, I don't know about you, I'm perfectly happy to have change. People saying, you old fool, you old Luddite, you don't understand what's going on. Maybe right, but I try and understand. Uh-huh. And I'm quite happy to see, in, when I'm pushing daisies up in 10 years' time, whatever it is, that only 40% of people go to work. And the rest of them, uh, and the offices in London, they're down their quarter of the sizes. The price of property has dropped by 40%. And that Manchester, Leeds, Newcastle are just as important. Rock on, Tommy. Love it. Belfast, anywhere you like. Mm-hmm. Really, really hope it. It's got to be a transitional period. Absolutely. Not just go, Absolutely. I'm taking you at the throat. And I don't care about it. Some bloke tweeted to me this morning saying, I don't care what you think. I'm at home and I'm loving it. And I'm thinking, gosh, I'm glad you're not a mate of mine. That, that's the next thing I was going to say, though, is, is the reality, right? Uh, I can't remember. Rich Hall, the comedian, okay? This is where I think there's been a lot of surplus in every sense. You know, well, you know how many, how many, I don't know, how many shirts do you need? There's a gentleman who works for me here, they said, Said I looked at my wardrobe. I was bloody ashamed of something there. But thirty-two shirts. I wear twelve. What have you? We, 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 we're, we're going back to that retail fact there. 
And Rich Hall said, and it's, it comes back to the Amazon feature as well. And Rich Hall said, we consume, excuse my French, crap. She said, it's amazing. If you want crap, it's there straight away. Yeah. If you want something decent, you've got to get off your backside, go into, as you mentioned, John Lewis, have a look around, everything else. Yeah. And we become that real. And that's also, it's going back to the V-shaped and how they interact. We did a little thing the other day. So it could be V-shaped. That last 10% is going to be the hardest bit to get anywhere near. Yeah. You can, you know, going back to your stats, you can yo-yo wherever you are, whatever you are, and other things. I think the other thing that's changed in support of what you're saying is our culture. Because, you know, I look in my wardrobe, I'm quite embarrassed. I mean, I've got sort of five suits, and I haven't worn one for six months, except to go out to dinner once. I've probably got 300 ties and that number of shirts. And I am anachronistic in the extreme. People don't wear suits. People don't shave. You know, that doesn't make them bad people. They want to go out the hoot and toot three times a week, and they want three holidays a year. But that's consumer spending, Terry. And absolutely, I'm absolutely. I'm happy with that. But well, I do. If, the, if, the other the thing, street, if the high street goes to hell in a handcart as part of the evolution of life, okay. But as long as you find them jobs, absolutely, in other areas, where, where are we going to fill here? And if you really let yourself go, Dave, sometimes you you wear a t-shirt during the day. If you, if you really just don't care. <laughs> Like you're wearing your t-shirt. No, Absolutely. you know, I've been in lockdown now for whatever it is for months. <laughs> and no, you, you, you get sloppy, but um, the one thing no, I no. credit myself, I, I shave every morning. I did I did uh, notice you had a I did notice the other day on one of your tweets you you had a date night. You were out yeah. at a restaurant. That's very good. We went, was, the, we went to the Physic Physic Gardens off the Royal Hospital Road for people who don't know this. It's a yeah. it's a garden, it's called the Physic Garden because it only grows plants that's to do with medicine. Right. It's an extraordinary place. Very good. And they serve dinner for 40 people on the lawn, highly distance, and you, it's almost like past the chunky marmalade as you speak to your wife at the other end of the table. Yeah. And it's, it, it was just glorious. Just great to be out. We did it as well recently. We, we, it was a fine restaurant here, Dean's of Queen's, a good Michael plug there. He, and it was just great. And you appreciate it more, oh. and you know it's uh, conversation and talking yeah, to other people. Absolutely. And all I missed, of course, is not shaking friends warmly by the hand. Absolutely. And my grandchildren haven't had a hug for three months. Yeah, it breaks my heart. But yeah. I'm happy to, to tough it out. Yes, and I'm happy to to do what I have to do. And I and I know I'm on the subs bench for life. And that's fine. Because I've got nothing to bitch about, nothing to complain about. But it does make me angry that if I've got to be on the subs bench, if society isn't giving its best shot to help Absolutely. people, Absolutely. And that, that annoys me. Yeah, and that that that, that that's that. two things you've particularly come through. Is a is the training angle and getting getting our population to the best people that can be, and all but the environment in terms of what's going on there as well. Because we've got we've got to, we've got to go back to what I was saying about there and redundancies. And the mental health angle, right? Yeah. Mental health, you have to be very careful. I've nearly call it vested interest. My mother was very mentally ill. Not this isn't a this isn't therapy for me, but it's context. She used to call herself nuts. Bless her, she wasn't far off. And then there was real mental health. You know, you've got mental health in today's world. It's nearly becoming, uh, and it does exist, and it's a terrible thing. Of it's nearly it also becoming the, the good old fashioned bad back. And it's a very easy company yeah. to go to. And we've got to, we, we've got to go back. We're not weak. We've got to build, if we have, we have weaknesses, build on them to develop. And we've got to get us. David, I'm going to let you go in a minute, but a couple of quick questions if yeah, I may. Still a little bit of fun, I'm going to ask you here. Yeah. Uh, I know the cricket's on. 
so these are what if you can well one word answers okay by the way before I go on are all your suits your five suits are they all blue pinstripe no just two <laughs> just, just, your, just you play that character so well when you are on, on doing your TV bit there right very quick very quick questions then Dave right red or white wine red red alarm yeah. bells ringing everywhere I go very good Apple or Android Apple Lado. Absolutely. Other social media apart from Twitter? No. No. So next question is defunct. Have you ever looked at TikTok? Only because I have to as a as a as somebody who tries to analyze life and understand what it's for, but it's not for me, Terry. Very good. Next holiday. You did tell me earlier, but if you can Glen Eagles for four days and can't look have never looked forward to anything more in my life. Brilliantly. Two two things I'm going to ask. If I may, just to, for him to help us a little bit, who should we interview in a podcast? You gave us that gentleman there, Mr. French at Panmore. Anyone um, else you could suggest? Somebody else I, I think was an economist, but is the most wonderful man in my opinion is um, Gerard Lyons, who's thank you very much for that. Wonderful, I and mean, I can't recommend him enough. He's he's absolutely first class. And the other person is a stockbroker who I don't know at all, called Russ Moe from AJ Bell. And he's just on the television a lot and he makes a lot of sense and he talks the same sort of language as you and I do. Thank you very much for that. Last one. I'm your fairy godmother. COVID is gone. You can do what you like, entertain yourself. Who would be, for entertainment value only, no, no cerebral input here, who would be the most entertaining person you could invite to dinner party? Gosh, that's an interesting uh, Let me help you while you're thinking. I'd be a Billy Connolly man. Although, as my grandma used to say, he's a bit sweary, but... Uh, no, really kind of... Well, no, that doesn't make him a bad person at all. No. At least a bit, no. Um, from, the, from the modern day image, probably... Gosh, that's a really, really hard question. Because I love sports. Probably... No, she's dead. I was going to say, I'm probably a, a, an opera singer, I think, probably. But if, if you're absolutely twisting my arm, which you are, then I would like to meet Meryl Streep. Very good. Thank you. Thanks for your time, David. That was great. Very, Be in touch. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. And enjoy Glen Eagles. I will do. God bless you. Good luck. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.